the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's a delight to continue on a theme that we started yesterday. If you weren't with us, we want to tell you the theme is threefold. It's Purim, the book of Esther, and God's providence. And over the course of this week, we will be highlighting the book of Esther chapter by chapter and hope you you will be following it along with us because we believe the study of these scriptures can have a very significant influence in our lives today because the reality, the real, they, these scriptures, I should say, really reveal the nature of God. And when we think of the attributes of God, most people will generally say, well, it's love, kindness, righteousness, forgiveness, as well as the other characteristics that we're well aware of. But through the study of Esther, we want to bring out the issue of the providence of God, God's providence, the God who so often acts and directs things behind the scenes rather than out front. His, it is his providence is his protection and provision, which are so needed. This theme is demonstrated throughout both Old and New Testaments, especially in the book of Esther, where we don't even find the words God or Lord, and yet the main person in all of the book of Esther is the Lord himself. Faith in God's providence should be part of the foundation of our lives, The word providence appears in Scripture once in the New Testament in Acts 24, verse 2, and it's defined as forethought, F-O-R-E-T-H-O-U-G-H-T, and provision, and comes from a Greek word meaning to consider and for providing for in advance. In the NIV, the word used is specifically foresight. We don't usually look at dictionary definitions, but the dictionary definition of providence is a number of things. Number one, it's the divine 
guidance and care of God. Number two, it's God guiding human destiny. And three, God is aware of what is happening in any and every person's life. And fourthly, it is the protective care of God or nature as a spiritual power. We don't usually regard God's uh, uh, providence as uh, a spiritual power, but whether God speaks verbally or we read it in the word, this is a spiritual power that I don't believe we made use of. We think of the power that's in the word of God. We see Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. It reads this way. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, O sun, that's S-U-N, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon, in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. In other words, this took place to allow Israel to defeat their enemies. God cares for his people, even to the extent that he has the authority to control the elements. Can you imagine, Shelley, the book of Esther took place and was written 2,400 years ago. And it's a book for us today during these troubled times in the earth. The providence, protection, and provision of the Lord are the same today. Do you know why? Because Yeshua, Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as it is written. Powerful. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And we all need to remember the importance of trusting the Lord in the middle of trouble, in the middle of disasters, because his providence and his protection and his provision will ultimately be there and cannot be disturbed by anything, anyone, or any principality. That's powerful, June. And you know, I pray that people will focus on the providence of God and that we know that he is with us in life and death. Even now, call upon him and give him your heart and your concerns and his peace will fall upon you. God cares for his people so much and even to control the elements and we need to become aware of that nature of God. We'll know when we know the providence of God, we will also know that there is no such thing as luck, chance, or coincidence. God provides his purposes and promises to his people. I'd just like to read um, two scriptures that don't have the word providence in them, but that speaks of it. Psalm 57 verse 2 says this, I will cry to God most high, to God who accomplishes all things for me, Another version says, on God who fulfills his purpose for me. This is speaking about the providence of God. We closed our program yesterday by reading Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. So often this can happen in any one of our lives where we have a plan, but yet we see that plan changed, not of our own selves, 
but God changed the plan and his his divine purposes will not be hindered. So let's begin to look at um, the book of uh, the book of um, <laughs> of I'm a blank. The book of Esther and really see step by step the development of the the providence of God taking place which will end in glory. We read in chapter 1 that King Ahasuerus had a banquet that lasted 180 days for his people and for the general public another one for seven days so the people can understand what's going on. There was a lot of drinking going on and on the seventh day of his feast, he wanted his people to bring Queen Vashti in in order to display her beauty. But in verse 12 in chapter 1, it says, But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command delivered by the eunuchs. Then the king became very angry and his wrath burned within him. So he spoke to the men who knew the law and justice, and he asked for their advice. They said in verse 17, For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women, causing them to look with contempt on their husbands by saying, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought to his presence, but she did not come. And Just to know, Shelley, that wise men in that day gave him counsel how to handle the situation for him and also the best for Susa. Really? In verse 19, it says these people uh, declared this to the king. If it pleases the king... Let a royal edict be issued by him and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media so that it cannot be repeated that Vashti should no more come into the presence of King Ahasuerus and let the king give her royal position to another who is more worthy than she. Powerful. What a declaration this is, Junie. It's powerful. That's the essence of chapter one. Let's go on to chapter two. Um... After these things, when the anger of King Ahasuerus had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decreed. And that decree went to all the provinces of of, uh, Persia. It says in verse 4, Then let the young lady who pleases the king be queen in place of Vashti, and the matter pleased the king, and he did so accordingly. So we see the steps are being taken because uh, it's all going to end in glory, but step by step we see the providence of God taking effect. In fact, verse 5 in chapter 2 says, Now there was a Jew in Susa, the capital whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shemai, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been taken into exile from Jerusalem, who had been exiled with Jeconiah, and he is out of the tribe of Benjamin. And it's important to say, Shelley, that ancient Persia is Iran today and has always been an enemy land historically for the Jews. So for Mordechai to be in Persia was a providential happening for something that God saw would take place against the Jewish people. Really, there were many Jews in the land, but in Persia, in uh, Susa, the capital, it's mentioned that uh, he was there. 
And furthermore, further in the plan of God's providence in verse 7, and he was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father or mother. Now the young lady, listen to this carefully, now the young lady was beautiful of form and face, and when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Isn't it interesting? The advice to the king was, get all the beautiful versions together and hear was it accidental that es- that Esther, now the young lady Esther, was beautiful in form of face? We could see the scene being set, Juni, and Jesus is behind the scene, uh, arranging things, developing things, so that the purposes of God shall be uh, uh, followed. And it says of Esther, now the young lady pleased the man taking care of all the women, so he quickly provided her with cosmetics, etc. And it's interesting to see that in verse 10, Esther did not make known her people or her kindred, for Mordecai had instructed her that she should not make known that she was Jewish. A very important factor there. And it goes on. And then the young, lady would go, the young ladies would go into the king, and then when finally the, turn, the ter- time came for Esther, uh, the king's eunuch who was in charge of women advised, and Esther found favor in the eyes of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus to his royal palace in the tenth month, in the seventh year of his reign. Lord, we pray that going through Esther will reveal to people how vital the, 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 <clears throat> the purposes of God through his providence is and that this providence is with us all the time, whether we know it or not, but this is the nature of God to be concerned for his people and to provide for them. We pray this for us and every listener in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.